Welcome to the Gamer's Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. I just have to say that uh, this Game of the Year episode, top top five Game of the Years this year so far, just saying. I can already yeah. feel it. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I was trying to think of a way to say it where it's like, it, it didn't mean anything, but then I was like, I don't want to make it sound like the Gamer's Inn Game of the Year episode is like not top five because obviously it's going to be great we're talking about our favorite games of 2020 and what a year it's been yeah and i think uh we should just remind everyone that Mm. our game of the year very very rarely lines up with the game of the year as given away by many many other outlets because uh ryan and i like to talk about not what we think is the absolute best be all end all experience of 2020 like a lot of other outlets try to do uh we like to talk about what we had fun playing so uh these are very personal lists to us and if you guys want to share your list please do so over in the discord you can wow that was a really really weird way to say discord uh you got there at the end though i know i did it's like i blanked on where what like platform we used to talk to everybody on like anyways um it's been a long day already uh you can go to bit.ly slash tgi discord if you would like to join the conversation and let us know what your five top experiences were of this year and i've got to say like i 2020 obviously almost goes without saying was a crazy crazy fucking year so it's very much like Uh, There were very, very low lows. There were some pretty high highs. But I think overall, it was just a crazy, crazy year that I forgot half the games that came out this year. I was going back through our notes, and and this always happens to a certain extent. But, like, honestly, Paper Mario, I forgot that was 2020. Yeah. (laughs) And that was, like, what, August, September? Like, it wasn't that long ago. It was July, (laughs) so at least a decade ago. So Uh, Right? It's just like my my concept of time when it comes to what actually came out this year was just way, way, way far off. So uh, we do have some stuff to talk about. I'm really excited because, I mean, we got some stuff that was like delayed and pushed back and pushed into 2021. But I think we still had a, a half decent like when we look back at what we actually played through in 2020. I think it was a it was a half decent year with, you know, all things considered. There were some really, really good games that were released, um, starting with what I think uh, didn't get nearly enough attention at the Game Awards. I think I actually talked about this in our Game Awards episode, but Animal Crossing New Horizons. I know it is uh, like it's not a, it's not original. It's absolutely like the the newest offering within the Animal Crossing franchise. But I think the fact that it sold out um, Switches to the point that, and and it's not like the Switch is a new console. (laughs) Like you literally could not find a Nintendo Switch because so many people were trying to play this game. Uh, So the actual console that it plays on was sold out everywhere. Everyone was talking about it. We saw like politicians getting involved and creating islands to encourage people to vote. You saw... um, like actors and actresses and directors and producers and stuff creating shows within Animal Crossing that then they put out on free content platforms like YouTube. Like it just, it absolutely exploded into the lives of people that I wouldn't even consider to be gamers, right? Like this, this thing took over 
from like at least like March when it released, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it came out came out in March. Uh, at least until like June, it definitely fell off near the the kind of fr- on the back half of the year. But they've continued to support it. They've got in game events. The Halloween thing was really fun. They've got a Christmas event going on now. Like they've had continual updates and support throughout the year, and uh, it was just huge. It was absolutely it was a phenomenon, and I can't believe it was only nominated in like one category on the Game Awards. I was like, are you kidding me? Like I know it's Nintendo. But I mean, this was this was a force mm-hmm. a, like within society, like and I think it has a lot to do with obviously the pandemic and everyone feeling disconnected and wanting to be like in control of their own little universe because everything in the world seemed like it was out of control. Like I felt all those things, too. And uh, so the timing of the release on this game absolutely had had an impact on its popularity. But I don't think that you can discount the fact that this thing was insanity (laughs) yeah it was a big deal when it came out and and honestly almost was a 2019 game and i think a lot of discussions that have been happening over the last couple months and in the summer when the last of us was coming out was about crunch and crunch culture and one of the things that nintendo did late 2019 was publicly announce we are delaying Animal Crossing to March because we don't we want we value uh, our our employees work life balance. And I thought that was a really that was a big deal um, for to, for a major company to come out and, and basically say that. And a lot of people, uh, you know, some cynical folks who probably be like, oh, that's just Nintendo trying to get some some good press. And I, I don't think they they necessarily need to make things up to get good press because they are a company <laughs> that makes uh, amazing consoles and amazing games. Uh, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes consoles are the Wii U, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm willing wow. to admit it. I'm willing to admit it. I just hooked one up not too long ago and I'm like, man, this is a pain in the butt and sometimes it doesn't connect. So that's fun. But I think when you look at Animal Crossing coming out, impeccable timing with you know the pandemic starting right around animal crossing launching the nintendo switch has been the number one selling console at least here in canada for the last six weeks which also coincides with brand new consoles launching for xbox and playstation yeah like that is insane and i'm Mm. curious to know um how much of that is um supply versus demand like you know is the demand there to sell more of those next gen consoles, but they just don't exist in the stores to be sold. Um, because I, I, I don't think that, um, well, I know that everyone that wants to buy one of those consoles has not yet. Uh, but at the same time, the fact that the switch, which has been out for years now is even part of this conversation is pretty crazy. Like, and not only the fact that it's like part of the conversation, but that the switch sales were still higher than PlayStation five and Xbox series X. Like that's a crazy stat on its own. But the fact that the switch didn't launch at the same time has been out forever. Like that's a really, really big deal. So I think, um, yeah, the, the switch is a great console. It's probably the one that I've used the most in recent years and I've had the most fun on, and it's had the most, um, unique and interesting experiences and I love the the you know crossover of the being a console, but also portable. Obviously, it doesn't run like a, a game we're going to talk about in a few minutes. It doesn't run those like big open world AAA titles the same way that the Xbox Series X will. But the stuff it does run is fun mm. <laughs> and well, engaging. That's the, that's the main thing. I think when Nintendo switched to 
uh, an HD platform, it really solved one of the core issues, which was the games look like crap on an HD TV. And uh, now that you've got even 4K sets, I think 4K TVs have really handled the up-resing a lot better than 1080p sets did. Yes. And I, I think that comes down to the fact that they are... They are legit smart TVs. They have software that that bumps that stuff up. And uh, some people have said their Switch does not look that great on the 4K TV, but mine, I have no problems with it. Uh, and I yeah, think, mine looks fine. Yeah, no, it's it's something that a, it really depends on the manufacturer and and how recent you purchased your TV. I think um, mine is only a couple years old, and it 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 handles everything I throw at it with you know pretty well. But I think. You know, the the greatest thing about Animal Crossing New Horizons is Nintendo really uh, embraced the the live portion of the game, you know, giving us updates for each season, but posting those updates in a really cool video quarterly, giving us like, okay, here's the updates that are going to be coming in the next six weeks. Um, and of course, if you time traveled, you could experience them all right away. But like right now, we're in the Christmas sort of time frame. And you're able to build snowmen and you're able to, to, to build decorations. And I haven't, I'm sitting here recording this and thinking about it. It's like, I haven't really been able to like Christmas, Christmasify my island because I'm, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a tougher update. Uh, you have to like build a perfect snowman and then you have to find yes. these bulbs <laughs> and I am terrible at all of it. Uh, and I don't know what I'm doing. So I, I thought like I would find some inspiration. I, I, I actually, the kids and I were playing, we visited, uh, Valerie's Island. And again, I, I can't, I've had to stop myself from feeling jealous because I just don't have the eye for making such an incredible island. She's got an amazing, her, her, uh, Josh, uh, from the community has an amazing island and I'm fine. I'm fine that my characters are still like basically living on the lost island and theirs is like <laughs> a new civilization. That's so much like what mine is too. Is like, I just, I got all of these flowers and then I just planted them because I had nowhere else to put them. So like <laughs> half my island is just a mishmash of nothing flowers. And I'm like, shrug. Yeah. It's a rainbow field. Ta-da. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that I can just live on this island, but they've got a right? whole, like they've created a new country. Uh, yeah, and I a functioning country. <laughs> yeah, a functioning realm. Uh, and I, I just I have a I have a blast. I mean, it's still got its Nintendo. Why did you do this type design in certain aspects? Uh, Harv's Island is just don't even go there. Yeah, but um, <laughs> it, it is so charming, and it's just such a great game to sit down and play fifteen minutes a day and feel like you're doing something, even if you only play for those fifteen minutes. But easily you could go. An hour. You can lose a lot of time. Yeah, you can lose a lot of time in there for sure. Yeah, for sure. So tell me about your second pick. Yes. So I don't think anyone's going to be surprised by this, but I I put The Last of Us Part Two on here, and and a special shout out to uh, John Jagger with whom I did a spoiler cast with, which ballooned into more of a mini series as opposed to a spoiler (laughs) cast. Um, yeah, how many did you did you end up chopping it in three? Was that the or was it just two? I can't remember now. I did. I chopped it in three, and it was about a three and a half hour recording. And I that's insane. <laughs> it shouldn't surprise anyone that I profusely apologized to the to the guy. Like I'm so sorry we recorded so late. He's like no man, it makes sense. It's a long game. We talked about it. It's, that's not my John impression. That's just 
not Ryan <laughs> talking impression. Generic dude impression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um I had a blast with The Last of Us Part Two. I know there was some discouraging um early press that was mostly based on leaks and people who haven't played the game. Uh we've experienced this a couple times this times this year where yeah. the vocal uh minority on the internet will latch onto stuff that they have not experienced, they have not played, they have secondhand information. In the case of The Last of Us Part Two, these were these were leaks that um, detailed story tidbits, you know, in in the early game, um, but did not expand upon them, did not provide context. It was just like this happens, and a lot of people uh, latched onto that and uh, and kind of ran with like it. That- I feel like that really happened with my second choice too, with little hope, because I feel like there were a lot of people that um, found out how that game progressed and what that ending was and just ripped it apart without ever actually experiencing the grander game, Mm -hmm. Uh, which I think was really, really too bad because I know that there are a lot of things to be nitpicky about. There's some like glitchy things, but Um, In general, I feel like the Dark Pictures anthologies are really dragging me into their world. Like the stories that they're telling are super interesting and I'm having a great time when I play them, even when they give me jump scares big enough to break my controller. (sighs) But I think um, in general, they are entertaining. They are well paced there. There's like a couple of times maybe that they lingered in a place or in a spot a little bit too long, particularly when we were playing the, the co-op bit. Um, because it was like, well, I want to get back with my friends. Like, (laughs) and I know that there are some story pieces and stuff that revolve around, um, you know, like being separated and, and whatever. But, um, yeah, I think that, uh, playing a story game like that and playing it through, uh, was a, it was a really fun and unique experience and they've done, the best job, if the only job so far, I don't know of any other story game like this that allows you to also play asymmetrical co-op. So mm-hmm. I love these experiences. I really enjoyed Little Hope, but I think it suffered as well from The Last of Us Part Two. that same sort of um, just coverage in general of like, here's this story beat we don't really understand and we didn't work hours and hours and hours to reveal and we think it's stupid <laughs> like that absolutely happened so yeah, there are these yeah. uh it's really alarming there are these out of context um sort of not even conversations just shouting matches and and to to um to give credit where it's due i don't know i don't really watch a lot of like yelly youtubers but with the last of us uh, some people did disagree with some of the story beats and i totally uh, yeah you can have those. Yeah, those not opinions. everyone is going to like every story. Yeah, exactly. And there are moments in that game that are that are controversial and uh, and do kind of could could be like, well, I don't want to play this game if this is how it's going to start, middle or end. And I get that. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying Good to be job obscuring the, the spoilers <laughs> there, Ryan. I don't know. It, it doesn't. I mean, it's been long I have enough, issues but... with the start, middle or end of this game. <laughs> Personally, I am I generic YouTube commenter. <laughs> I could be yelling, and but I'm not going to yell because I don't like people who yell on on YouTube. It's it, it's almost it just gives it just makes my neck crawl. I don't know. Is that a thing? <laughs> um, but no, I I I think from a gameplay perspective, in The Last of Us Part Two, 
you know, just from a sequel perspective, they were able to take that first game and literally build a part two in terms of look, feel, sound. Um, there's a reason this thing was at least nominated for a bunch of awards and won a bunch of awards at the Game Awards. It's because it is it is the quintessential video game video game in terms of you know story graphics sequelness uh design just the sequelness, combat yeah that that's an actual category that should be a category best <laughs> how se- much sequelness does this does it fit the show? sequel uh bar <laughs> i get no sequelness is like best sequel i suppose but i just shortened it to uh to what it should sequel-ness. be called um i just i really felt like that game it it set out to do like those the those designers at Naughty Dog set out to do something, and they made it and they launched it and it's crazy that they made a sequel to this game seven years later. Um, I know it's not going to be everyone's favorite game and like there's a lot of violence in the game and there's a lot of disturbing moments and a lot of folks that I know who love The Last of Us have kind of shied away from The Last of Us Part Two knowing full well they'd be playing a uh, rather uh sad and and downtrodden type game story wise yeah that's uh, why I, s- <laughs> I still have yet to play this game and it's literally because of that reason and just yeah. that i was like you know i was excited about it i wanted to get in on it and then the pandemic happened and i was like uh, i can't take a downer right now yeah and and again if you have that reaction i fully advise yeah definitely don't don't go there because it it is a game that has it is a game that makes you feel it a game that is a game that puts you through the shitter you know like uh it's it's not those moments aren't you know fun but there are moments in that game that uh that balance it out and uh we're not talking from a, it's a broken perspective we're talking from just a the story they tell is one of you know revenge and redemption and it's just there's a lot of like really hard moments to process, but as a complete package, it tells a story that I found very, you know, very interesting, and I and I really enjoyed it. So again, it, it should not be a surprise that it's going to show up here because it's a sequel to one of my favorite games um, on the PlayStation Three, and um, I, I mean, I can't even imagine. I want them to make a part three, but I. I I can't even imagine if that team would even have it in them to to go back to that and <laughs> think of a way to make a third one after what they went through with two because they, you know, again like uh they went through a lot with those leaks and then with everybody latching onto them and I think if 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 you if you don't want to play the game then you shouldn't you yeah don't play the game and maybe don't send death threats don't no remove the maybe don't send <laughs> yeah, death threats like, to developers <laughs> don't. Just don't. Yeah, I feel like that just is the uh, the takeaway from 2020 across the board is don't send death threats. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like, get it. Let's I really, all be nice to each other. I really don't understand it. Like, what do you gain by putting that out into the world? Like, nothing. Does it make you feel better? Probably not. Probably makes you feel worse. I don't know. Just go play Paper Mario or something. <laughs> Calm yourself. <laughs> Well, yeah, and so speaking of sequels, we actually have kind of a lot of sequels in yeah. in our list, to be honest. Um, so Little Hope being a, a sequel or follow up, anyways, I guess continuation. I'm not really sure what to call it. It still has the same curator guy from the it's, last time. It's an <laughs> like anthology it's a, series, you know. It's, yeah, it's a pseudo sequel. It's kind of a sequel, yeah. 
Um, but you also, you have Ori's sequel, uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps in your top five. Yeah, I, and you know what? I don't know. I will, I will fully admit this about Little Hope. I don't know why I didn't have it in the notes because on not even not from a top it didn't five even make your honorable mentions i was like wow dude i completely right. missed it i <laughs> i must have missed it i would totally have put it on my honorable mentions and i'll and i'm glad you put it up there because i had a blast playing it for extra life and i didn't even look at the reviews i just knew that i enjoyed man of Medan and that i was finally going to be able to experience the co-op uh features of of a uh, dark pictures anthology right because you did uh man of medan solo right yeah i, I got it on an xbox and no one bought it on xbox so <laughs> well that to, was your first mistake i know i had to play it by myself it's it was the first the first of two mistakes i made this year in terms of purchasing something on an xbox but we won't go into that because this is game of the year <laughs> um i uh, yeah i had a blast with little hope and i think the story beat at the end that kind of like explains it all is is one of those moments of like yeah if you knew that going in you'd it would tarnish the experience and probably make you upset but not knowing it um and then having that reveal is kind of that like m night Shyamalan. oh what a twist and it's and it, <laughs> i i liked it personally um, yeah me too <laughs> um, but yeah ori and the will of the wisps is one of those like early on uh, games and I will fully admit it had some issues that have been mostly I, I believe have been addressed from a technical standpoint uh, I played yeah, on it was pretty buggy I yeah. think, on launch unfortunately I can't remember did you play it on your launch xbox or did you play it on pc launch xbox yeah because I know again like another <laughs> game that shall not be named um yeah. it played wonderfully on pc and uh had some issues on xbox I played on xbox one x and had to jump i think i jumped over to the pc to see what it was like and uh thanks to the wonders of game pass ultimate and xbox game cloud you were able to basically jump back and forth no problem your save would move over no problem it was it was amazing experience from a technical standpoint from that side of things but um again when we talk about a sequel and its sequelness it's it just was able to build upon blind forest and uh completely ad- like address a lot of the issues we had with blind forest we actually the reason i included blind forest up here as well is we actually replayed or or revisited the game before will of the wisps came out and you know it addressed like the save state stuff like there was uh, there was check more checkpointing in will of the wisps so that was nice there was more uh, abilities and and combat options in will of the wisps like it was more of an rpg there was like this little weird sort of center area where you could interact and and build out your town uh by you know recruiting people throughout the world it was really really cool i'm glad that you enjoyed all of those extra aspects because i think um for me i never finished will of the wisps um i only played it for like a week maybe and it was like it was hard. It was a lot. I didn't really enjoy it as much. And especially, um, I, I almost wish I hadn't played Blind Forest, like, heading right into Will of the Wisps, because I felt like I really enjoyed Blind Forest. And then when Will of the Wisps wasn't, like, a new story with all of those exact same mechanics and stuff that I felt felt like it was, like, too much and not what I was looking for sort of thing. Uh, and so I fell off of it pretty quickly. Not to say it was it was a bad title or anything. It's just like I wish I'd kept Blind Forest like in the past <laughs> and, you know, just gone in kind of with a fresh palette for uh, Will of the Wisps. But 
Um, it's still a beautiful, beautiful game. And I, I love and always will love the setting of both of them. They're yeah. so pretty. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, like, when we talk about, you know, The Last of Us having amazing graphics, but also being able to display the horrors of violence in, in ways I didn't necessarily need or, or want my <laughs> wife to walk in on while I was playing. Um, you know, Ori and the Will of the Wisps really displayed... Uh, just this hand-drawn feel artwork that looked amazing on a on a big screen TV. That was the main reason I wanted to play on consoles. I wanted to experience it on the TV as opposed to, you know, my smaller monitor. And it delivered. It it, it took what they did with uh, Blind Forest and and somehow improved upon what they did previously. And to the point where it felt like wow. Uh, and when playing them back to back, I was like, I can't believe Blind Forest looked this good, and I can't believe they you know, they were able to top it in Will of the Wisps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a game that really, it's not for everyone, of course, because there is, it still has that, like, Twitch um, sort of gameplay where if you make one false move, you you are either dead yeah. or dying quite quickly. Which, and it could have been the other thing, too, is that, like, um, Blind Forest was also pretty punishing with the with the Twitch timing and stuff and the very precise platforming. So maybe I was a little bit burnt out on that by the time I made it to Will of the Wisps. But either way, I think I would have liked Will of the Wisps a lot more if I didn't play it on a launch Xbox on launch day and yeah. had just come out of a blind forest playthrough. <laughs> yeah, but I really enjoyed it and I'm glad I was able to pop it up here. Cause, oh, the music as well. Like it's one of the yeah. few soundtracks that I've been able to sort of listen to on repeat from a from a video game standpoint. Um, I obviously listened to the last of us one, but again, it just was so depressing. I could, I couldn't play through it more than a couple of <laughs> times. Uh, so <laughs> luckily or in the will of, will of the wisps delivered on, on the soundtrack as well. Absolutely. And I have another sequel as well, because, mm-hmm. uh, what made my list for the first time in a very long time, actually, uh, is Valhalla. So the latest in the Assassin's Creed franchise actually made it onto my top five this year. And it's because, like, I think this actually might be my game of the year if we were to rank them in terms of, like, favorites, because um, I'm still only about 20 hours in or so. But um, I'm loving the setting. I love the characters. I love the story. I just like so I actually those 20 hours of playing Valhalla have almost all happened since the release of Shadowlands. Right. So it's like Shadowlands comes or I guess all have happened since the release of Shadowlands. So Shadowlands comes out. It's the expansion for the game that I spend more time in than literally anything else i think in world of warcraft and it's a great expansion it's actually in my honorable mention so i won't mention it again after this but the story is a lot more interesting there's some issues with mechanics but i think mostly it's fine but like shadowlands came out it's a head and shoulders above what we have been playing in world of warcraft over the last few years there's a brand new raid that's out now that i had to get prepped for and level up my characters for and everything else And I was taking that game and shoving it to the side like within a week of release because I just wanted to play more Valhalla. Like Valhalla is so fun. It's so good. It's the first game that I've gotten into in the Assassin's Creed franchise on this level since Black Flag, which was forever ago. Like since then, we've had uh, Syndicate 
Unity, um, the one in Egypt, the one in Rome, <laughs> like <laughs> they, you know, like, I think, the mentionables. I think there's been I think there's been four uh, since Black Flag, unless mm. I'm missing one. Well, I think there was um, there was some uh, no. Syn- you mentioned Syndicate, didn't you? The London. Yeah, one? Unity was the Paris one. Syndicate yeah. was the London one. Then there was Rome and Egypt as and well. There was a there was a. Uh, there was an old console one. I think it was Assassin's Creed Rogue, which was um, yeah. yeah. You played Wasn't as a Templar. A, was that an in between or a like a uh, a DLC or an expansion or something off of Black Flag? There no there that, that or... there was one. It was called Liberation. I think it was like a PSP oh, okay. game, and then they <laughs> ported it to the PC because no one owned a yeah, non-Nintendo <laughs> portable black flag came out i think black flag was what 2014 2015 like it's been that long since i've been super invested in a setting and gameplay mechanics and everything else and valhalla is has been so interesting to me because i mean i'm exploring it so much that main story wise i still haven't made it back to the present again so i've only gone to like modern times once And I've just been exploring the world. I'm playing it on the Series X, so it looks amazing. Like, the viewpoints that you find have always looked really good, but this looks like it could just be, like, a 4K documentary footage. Like, the vistas are are just perfect. Like, they look so pretty. So, I mean, like, the the visuals are there. The performance is there for me. Um, The story's great. Like, I've just I've been spending so much time immersing myself in that world, and I haven't been like that in so long. And they basically, like, take a look story-wise, because obviously it's a Viking story, which is taking place, I think, in the 900s AD. So it's it's kind of like looking into, uh, they make reference to uh different like times when the Templars and the Assassins were in different areas and stuff, but it's kind of like almost like a lull for for them and they're like not using their same like names and stuff like in terms of like how they're referring to each other and they just like I don't know it's it's like they're keeping each other at a healthy arm's length distance but like always keeping an eye on them and like I don't know they're just there's so much like intrigue in this one that I haven't really felt in a while. Like for so long, it was just like smacking you in the face with like, hey, you're an assassin. And it's like, I'm still not an assassin. <laughs> yeah. So they kind of stopped I don't know. that. It's really with, cool. Yeah. They, they stopped that with Odyssey. I don't remember mm. Odyssey being like. Odyssey was the Roman one, right? Yeah. The. Yes. Well, yeah. I was going to say Greek, <laughs> but. I guess that is, that or is. yeah, that the, we're thinking of the same one. Okay, not perfect. Egypt. Egypt no. was origins. Yes, it was, and that okay. one was, <laughs> I think, more like a. It was the first one in that style, and for some reason, it didn't click with me. But Odyssey did, and I, I look at Valhalla, and I've been trying my best this year to like have you know not to buy a bunch of games and have them sit there because of the way things go on sale like even looking at valhalla it's already hit a sale uh with with uh, boxing week coming up um i i do want to play valhalla uh i'm leaning more towards maybe with the extra holiday time and and taking some breaks from podcasts it might be time to like boot up that you pay you play plus subscription to check it out because from a viking perspective i'm all in like i love that setting 
Um, I love open world Ubisoft games. I know a lot of people, you know, give them flack for the towers and the assassins and all that stuff. But for me, it is it is my it is my type of open world game. I really enjoy it. And when we discussed Valhalla on the show in previous episodes, it was always it always just made it sound like, oh, this is this is my this is my jam. I just need to find time to I almost said spread it, but <laughs> well, it it does. No, honestly, it does take a lot of time. Like I said, yeah. I've sunk probably twenty hours into it. I haven't even gone back to modern times a second time yet. I've been doing a lot of like side questing and raiding and and things like that because you get to like raid settlements and stuff because you're a Viking. Yeah, and uh, I think what I like the most that they've really um that they've done with this character is that it's like the the total opposite of what they did in uh, Odyssey in that there's one character with a gender neutral name that you can choose to play as male or female and it doesn't matter. They're just a total badass regardless. And to the point that you can even change your gender like on the fly. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it just doesn't matter. You can play however you feel and that's fine. Um, And I think uh, as, so I'm playing her as a female character and to me, it's it's almost like she like plays the way I always would. And it obviously I think it helps that um, as far as I know, not being a Viking historian, but as far as I know, they were a very like gender neutral. Everybody contributes regardless type of a. Uh, like society. And you really get that feeling. It's like nobody looks at me and says oh, you're a girl? Like, I don't take orders from women or anything like that. Like, there's there's just nothing. There's just none of that. My character is just a badass Viking, and I lead a long ship full of braves, and we just ruin people, and it's glorious. Like, mm-hmm. and it just, I don't know. I just, I feel um, seen and included in this game, but I also don't feel like I'm missing out on anything by or like feel like I have to do like two playthroughs if I want to see both stories. Like it is just one story, one character like that's it, uh, which is really nice because I mean, like I said, it's taking me so long. I've done. So I am over in England now. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, you do go to England. And uh, that, as far as I can tell, is where the main game takes place. And I've done one of 10 areas like it's insane. It's so big. <laughs> mm. So yeah, there it is a very big time investment. But again, it's not something I feel like I'm missing out on by by playing the character that I've chosen. So I think they did a really, really good job. I'm so enjoying it just so much. Yeah, I need to I, I need to get to it. I, I think um, I'm going to be needing a break from cyberpunk uh, soon. And I think Valhalla is a will be a fun one. I, there's actually a couple of uh, Ubisoft open world ones that I, I want to kind of dip my toe into. And I think that's where sort of a subscription to uh, a month, at least to Uplay Plus will let me kind of do that because I don't have next gen consoles and I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. I think I'm going to play these on PC. Um, yeah, I would definitely play it on PC for yeah. sure. Yeah. So uh, tell me about another sequel. <laughs> amnesia rebirth why is that on your list wait did we have any i guess there's only one original game on our i mean not to like spoil and go ahead but uh there's only one original game and jocelyn was the one that picked it and even if you want to (laughs) include little hope um as a sort of 
yeah, Little Hope is kind of the, the like riding the the line between uh, original and sequel. But uh, yeah, so I I picked Among Us actually is the and I wasn't even one hundred percent sure if I should put this up here because it came out in twenty eighteen. So it's actually a two year old game, but. I feel like this year was almost like a, a new release for them. Like yeah. they've been in beta for two years or something just because of the absolute popularity and then subsequent feature explosion uh, within the game. So I think that it's um, it's it's a super fun game to play with friends. It's a super fun game just from like and again it's not as feature rich as i think it could and should be eventually but i'm i think they'll get there since they canceled they canceled their sequel in order to you know pump more of their resources into uh fixing up among us and and making the game work really well so uh, again leaps and bounds of changes to mechanics and uh probably the most popular like i don't want to say fad game because people are still playing this but definitely like the biggest explosion with the longest tail so far. It killed Fall Guys. <laughs> In terms of popular, it killed. It totally killed Fall Guys. It Poor took Fall Guys. Fall Guys out back and stabbed it, yeah. <laughs> like just dead. And then it's... nobody, nobody's found the body yet, and we have not had an emergency meeting. <laughs> I, I played. So I played Among Us for the first time on our extra live stream, uh, our, our our TGI holiday party. And I gotta say, like the game, I see the appeal of of this game and its ability to be fresh and interesting every round. You know, having a game last ten minutes is perfect because mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't last long enough that you're getting bored doing the tasks, uh, and it doesn't last. You know, it doesn't go so quick that you feel you're kind of powerless against either the imposter or against um, the crew if you are the imposter. And I had a chance to do both. Um, first of all, I'm a terrible liar. I promised to work yeah, on that in 2021. Oh um, Dude, you were so bad. <laughs> okay, that last one, and I do want to, I, I was meaning to follow up on this, the last one where I was the imposter, <laughs> and it was literally like midnight, so I was exhausted, and, and I think it was four of us left, and then I think Sparky had said, I think it's Laura, and he did it in a way that that evidently passed all the checks. And then I just said, "Yeah, it's definitely Laura." And it's like, "Oh, Ryan's the, that he's the imposter. He's so sus." Like, yeah, okay, I get it. Um, I'm also I want to go to bed. <laughs> but uh, I I did have a blast playing it. But I find that uh, as a game, it's kind of tough to get. I feel like if I were to play it again, when I play it again, I'll be in a better space because I know what I'm doing. But when I was starting, like I was really struggling to kind of grasp everything as everyone's like walking around and we're having these emergency meetings and everyone's talking <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. And uh, you did yeah. really good, though. I think all things Except considered, because I don't even. Yeah, I don't even think I gave you like a crash course in Among Us, but I mean, and it's also, like I said, it didn't come out this year, uh, but it definitely grew in popularity this year. It's not a totally new concept because there's plenty of other games that kind of follow this uh, sort of model. I mean, there's Mafia and Werewolf you play in real life, and then there's like other games like Throne of Lies. It's just that with Among Us, it's very much uh, not only is it simplified to make it easier to jump in and out versus some of those other games but then on top of that it gives you something that you can continue to contribute even after you get kicked out so in every other iteration of this style of game that i've 
played, whether that's real life or or video games, um, every single version, once you're dead, you're just out. That's the end of your game, which doesn't really feel that great. And I think uh, so the fact that you can do stuff as a ghost in Among Us really makes you or keeps you engaged and keeps you interested through the entirety of the round, which I think is really, really helpful. Uh, and the rounds just are shorter. These these things, like you said, take about 10 minutes. So I think uh, it's it's kind of hit that perfect like, oh, just one more game, one more game, kind of like PUBG, you know, and you can literally like finish one game and be back in the next game like within a few seconds. Like it is it's very uh, repeatable. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, I think it has a really good addictive gameplay loop. And uh, I think we're probably going to see among us around for for quite a while still. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sorry, I totally stole your Amnesia <laughs> Rebirth uh, spotlight by fine. talking about the only non-sequel on our list this year. <laughs> I, I pivoted. It's fine. I take full credit. <laughs> um, no, I'll say this about uh, Amnesia Rebirth. I was surprised that I'm sure uh, many people are that I included this in that I I set out to play this game as a sort of Halloween treat for our Extra Life streams and yeah i'm really surprised that this is on your top five when i saw it i was like did he copy wrong (laughs) yeah uh you know i can see that i can see that and i think that's the beauty of a top five as opposed to like a ranked list because it would be very hard to rank this one but i really felt like from a story perspective and from uh an experience perspective like and even a gameplay i think they really um they took this concept of it, of the amnesia games, which I've always bounced off of because they're too damn scary, and I feel like I don't have they're enough. They're really scary. <laughs> yeah, I don't have enough tools to um, succeed in in the horror games. So honestly, it becomes more scary because I'm helpless. Uh, and in Amnesia Rebirth, you still are helpless, but the story kind of kept me going in a way that was everything was ex- you know quote unquote explained in a way that. Uh, kind of made sense from not a real world world perspective but they bring in sort of this out of world perspective as opposed to just saying like it's haunted don't worry about it also don't die and stay you know make sure you have enough matches like those are the other games that's that's been my limited experience but with amnesia rebirth they kind of take that concept and build it out a lot more like yes the darkness still makes you insane but the reason it makes you insane is through a story reason and that your character is suffering from some sort of ptsd slash panic attacks and you know moving through the game as you experience the story and start to unravel what exactly is going on i really enjoyed the story they were telling and unlike the last of us part two they were able to tell this story without going to sort of great depths of uh, of violence or uh, uh, what's the word like grossness, but that's not the word I'm looking. For. <laughs> you know, it they kind of stayed away from that, but still kept it creepy. You know, like they they push your buttons and they uh, the way they explain sort of this. I, I don't necessarily want to spoil it, but like. The way they explain this like uh, resource that this other civilization uses is just downright haunting as you start to discover the iterations that they go through, like basically, um, you know, kidnapping and, and, and torturing beings and stuff. And it's, 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 it gets dark, but not to an extent where like they are, they're 
like the last of us like showing you all this stuff like there are some moments yeah, it where gets you get to dark it. but it stays uh interesting and doesn't go too over the top if i haven't played it so i'm just no. guessing based no on that that is a good that is a good point and there there are, there is an optional sequence where there is some uh there is some violence and but it's off but it happens off mostly off screen and again like it's an optional part, but it all plays into the story of you um, trying to uh, save yourself as well as others. And it was just a, it was a really fun, again, like it was still a fun experience. <laughs> I had a great time I playing. I feel like you're, you're struggling with calling this game fun, but I think it's, it's allowed. It's a horror experience, right? <laughs> it's like, a horror, yeah. Yeah, which say- a lot of people really enjoy, so. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was really surprised how much I enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm honestly surprised that I actually went back and was really driven to finish it. Not just like, I'm going to poke around at this. Like, no, I, I would. I think I beat it in three sessions because I just I wanted to see where the story went. And then I I made sure I got all three endings to experience them myself. Now, the endings are like, you know, do A, B or C, but you can accomplish all of those uh, at the end in a, in a way that, that is meaningful. Like the choice makes sense. Like, yeah, it makes sense to come to this point and there to be three choices because that's what the game was leading to. And I personally like that. As someone who doesn't have time to play through a 10-hour game three times, I'm fine with the ABC choice as long as it feels, uh, you know, it, it feels good within the story. And I think it made sense to me that they, they present you with that sort of choice. And I think if you are looking for, you know, a narrative horror-based game that doesn't necessarily like it has its moments where it's it's really tense and you're trying to hide from the monsters or run away from them but i really felt there was a, a balance and we talked about it on the show where we discussed amnesia is that there are these safe rooms and these safe areas where you know you're safe just based on the atmosphere that is that is surrounding you in the game and i think they they parse those out really well so that you aren't feeling overwhelmed by like oh man i just ran through a bunch of monster closets and now i gotta do it again um there are you know those moments where there are like these areas that are haunted by monsters and you have to slowly creep through or run through strategically but they are spread out in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming and i i really dug that balance and uh phenomenal acting all the voice acting was really good too and i think they really nailed the story to be able to kind of like tie it all together so definitely check out amnesia rebirth if you're looking for like a like a good narrative narrative game and it's probably on sale uh, all these are all these yeah, who am I kidding? all of these are on talking sale about probably except for maybe the nintendo stuff that's always hit and miss yeah paper but... mario is full price and will be for a couple more years so you're gonna have to wait <laughs> yeah um and animal crossing for that matter no way they they dice yeah, that right game. like they are yeah they are never putting that thing on sale but uh paper mario does actually round out both my and ryan's top five so we uh started with the same one ended on the same one and uh they're both nintendo titles honestly uh paper mario the origami king i thoroughly enjoyed like this one i found myself actively trying to find like all the toads in every level and all the collectibles all those little statues like i was spending large chunks of my game trying to find the secrets in something that i would more traditionally have um like just kind of sped through the story on i guess and i don't really know what the 
what the secret sauce was that made me more interested in all the collectibles and stuff in Paper Mario. But I really liked this title and I was a little bit worried because I am a huge Thousand Year Door fan. And this is another title that people kind of jumped all over uh, in terms of bad press and stuff because it wasn't the Thousand Year Door. And I think that it's totally fine for a franchise to evolve. And I think the Origami King was a lot of fun. And I'm someone who really enjoyed the Thousand Year Door. It was my favorite Paper Mario. So I think that there's, um, I don't know. This game is just, if you have any interest at all, <laughs> I really think you should go check it out because I found the combat to be fun and engaging. I love the little like tongue in cheek jokes that they make in this franchise. Like it's very punny. And uh, yeah, I had a great time. And and obviously, Ryan, you did too. Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed it. And as soon as I came across it in the notes while we were prepping, I was like, oh, absolutely. This is top five experience. Um, I enjoyed it on my own merits. I enjoyed playing it with uh, with my two oldest. Kate and Abigail both love the game. Um, the moment with uh, Bobby was like it almost led to some needing to have conversations. <laughs> uh, and I know uh, my my co-host on Dungeons and Diapers, Crofton, like he 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 got in trouble <laughs> because his daughter did not take it well. Uh, the whole Aww. Bobby storyline and the game the game's huge shout out to the writing and i mean honestly this should not surprise us with nintendo they're they're masters at localizing their games and and uh and writing in general when it comes to the paper mario series and they they do not let down with this one in terms of of writing i think they they made it very funny. It it made you want to read. Like none of it's voice acted and you're sitting there and you're yeah. reading every word. And I know that sounds like that shouldn't be that should just be, you know, one on one one on one and playing a game, but really, how often do you read everything it, everything in a video game? I, I think you look at RPGs and there's just writing everywhere. Every little thing you pick up has a has a paragraph or, or, or multiple pages of, of descriptions. You don't read all that stuff. But in Paper Mario, everything I found, I would read it aloud to the kids and they would they loved it. They ate it all up um, <laughs> to the point where when we Did got to the credit different voices. Uh, yes, of course, because oh uh, my God, you, have so have good. you have to have fun <laughs> with it. And I mean, to the point where when we finished the game, like. Caden was he, he burst into tears because he thought it was a well not thought but he knew it was over like it was it was such a good wholesome experience and I loved the combat and I loved being able to just pass the controller aside so Caden could run around as Mario every once in a while they were not very good at the combat because the combat is complex but I would usually sort of work the so the puzzle combat with the rings and stuff I even found it challenging at points but um yeah i that was my one kind of like um pet eve i guess was just like uh, the the ring thing was a little bit difficult to control i found and like somewhat frustrating at points but i and it was more just like it was super duper repetitive like again thousand year door fan I was a big fan of just a straight line of enemies, but I also understand why they wanted to add a little bit more complexity for, you know, again, a, a 2020 game versus a whatever that was, like 2005 game. <laughs> I don't even remember exactly when that came out, but yeah, I sure. remember I was playing it in 2008. So, 
It would have been game. It's definitely GameCube. So yeah, 2008 makes sense. But yeah, it's an old game anyway, so I can see why they'd want to try new things and iterate and everything else. Um, the the circle-y combat wasn't my absolute favorite, but I did really enjoy the boss version of that combat, like trying to find the pathways and stuff. That was, I thought, really cool. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think all the collectibles, uh, the combat, the, the nice thing about the combat is once you solve the puzzle, I was able to really have fun with the combat and and um and like hand the controller but i think the bosses having their own specific mechanics uh in terms of not only having to solve the sort of the pathway but also like okay how do i stop um the the powers the boss yeah. the boss ability yeah yeah and and even to the point where the first one is like oh, you just have to attack him from a certain angle and then so not only are you having to line up so you you do your pathway you have to like line it up so the so the or the thousand fold arm thing lines up in right yeah. the right area <laughs> so you can like pull the case open you know the pencil case you fight at the yeah. beginning and I thought that was really I mean how often are you going to give a shout out to a game for making bosses about office supplies interesting? Like right? it's, <laughs> it's so wild and only Nintendo could pull this off. I think like when you look at even Ori and the will of the wisps, that feels like a very Nintendo game, although it's on the Xbox platform and I guess it's on the switch now too, but there's just something about Nintendo and the way they craft experiences that will always be a part of of how i play games and and games that i go to first and foremost like i think you look at just the tail end of of this year and nintendo releasing hyrule warriors age of calamity like that's a game that i am i i latched onto first because i know like i'm gonna always enjoy this experience on the switch because it's it's been crafted by nintendo and i I haven't had that moment where I've regretted buying a Nintendo game, right? I mean, there are obviously mm-hmm. going to be some that come to mind, but lately they've been really killing they've been it. They've been really good, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. So that is our, our two top fives. There were a little bit of crossover there, uh, but we still have some honorable mentions to get to after I tell you guys that if you do enjoy the content we produce, head on over to patreon.com slash in to support the show like Dominic did. Dominic, thank you so much for supporting the Gamers In. You are our, well, January patron because there's not much left of December. So we're going to give you a whole other month. So uh, (laughs) thank you so much, Dominic, for supporting the show. I also wanted to shout out Extra Life. Uh, 2020 is almost over. uh, And so obviously our fundraising efforts end at the end of the year. But our team is over $5,000 raised, which is definitely the first time ever. I'm only $50, give or take some change, away from my new goal of $2,500. Ryan is a couple hundred away from his $2,000 goal. So there's still a little bit more money to be raised. I'm going to be doing a little bit more streaming over the holidays, though I don't have an actual schedule yet. A lot of that is going to depend on the weather. So check out twitch.tv slash jossplays or twitch.tv slash ca, and then you will be notified when we go live. Lots of other team members are close to their goals too. so. You can always go over to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2020 to donate and uh, feel free to spread the love. You don't have to donate to uh, myself or to Ryan. You can you can donate to anyone on the team uh, and help make their holidays because I know everyone has been working really, really hard. So, uh, yeah, again, thank you to everyone who joined the Extra Life team this year. And thank you to everybody who's not only donated, but also shared the link. 
And uh, yeah, it's been it's been <laughs> a really good 2020, which is not a thing I thought I was going to ever, ever say. But <laughs> in terms of extra life, it, it is absolutely true. And we are so thankful to all of you for supporting us, uh, supporting the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. So honorable mentions. <laughs> uh, the first and foremost one I think both Ryan and I want to talk about is the Frostpunk DLC, The Last Autumn and On the Edge. Frostpunk yeah. is so basically Ryan <laughs> Ryan had mentioned this last week as one of the things that was going to go in his top five. And I was like, Ryan, you can't put this in your top five. It's just DLC. It's not a whole new game. Like you can't you can't do that. And he was well, like, we but it. it's my show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I did that. But apparently, apparently I, I talked him I talked him down to putting this in honorable mentions. And I 100 percent agree Man, I will play anything and everything Frostpunk. It was so much fun. The DLC was great. I love Frostpunk so much that I went and kickstarted the the board game version of Frostpunk that's going to come to me like 10 years from now when I don't even live here anymore. Uh, like <laughs> We have had terrible luck with Kickstarters, you guys, but um, I don't even care because I just want to throw money at Frostpunk because I think this game is so fantastic. So that is it for DLC for Frostpunk, but uh, it's definitely one of my top experiences of 2020. Uh, again, Last Autumn and On the Edge. So good, man. So good. Yeah. If you have not played Frostpunk and somehow managed to escape Frostpunk while still listening to this show for the last yeah, couple of years. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way. If you've been listening to Gamers In, then you've been in Frostpunk. <laughs> yeah. So I... It, it's it's certainly worth the mention. I mean, this this the DLC for Frostpunk has now ended. They've completed Frostpunk uh, in 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 the developer's eyes, and uh, I don't know if we'll ever get a Frostpunk two. I hope we do, but the DLC we did get this year was some of the best Frostpunk that we have played, and that on the edge DLC is. If we never get a sequel, that is the pseudo sequel right there, and and I'm really glad they did that so yeah me too it's so good oh, it's such a good game i want to play frostpunk now but i don't have time right <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's my life always yes well you know it, it it makes sense i mean um another game that sort of was surprising to me that i enjoyed uh but it was more out of like a curiosity that i picked it up is final fantasy 7 remake i don't really understand what i played like there's this game it's really interesting when you like it's a i think it's a game that benefits if you played the 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 original but having okay. not played the original and you're going in and there are these moments that you you should probably understand but it like it goes over my head and and but i still enjoyed it from the perspective of it's this really beautifully made JR, jrpg and they've been they've been able to they made a remake slash I don't know I guess you can call it like a side sequel or or reboot or I don't know it's hard to say <laughs> without going into a a, a, a two thousand pay or a two thousand word article that I had to read once I finished it to understand what the hell just <laughs> happened um, but I had so much fun with it and I know a lot of people gave it flack for not having the original turn based RPG combat. But I really do. Well, you could turn that on, though, couldn't you? Um, yeah. I thought they made like a like a legacy mode or or something. They, I'm sure they didn't call it that, but I thought there was a way that you could have like old school combat. It was sort of there is this mode that they said would would offer a legacy feeling, but it was more like a you would give your character 
it was still in real time, but you were giving orders and then the character would do them and then and then the other like it it wasn't the actual turn based combat that I think people were looking for, but it was a step in that direction. But okay. really like you it was just probably it was more fun to just play the the original combat the way they've or the way they crafted it in Final Fantasy Seven Remake, but I was just surprised how much I really enjoyed it because usually JRPGs aren't my aren't my jam. I don't really enjoy them or I don't really pl- finish them. But I finished Final Fantasy VII Remake, which was surprising to me because I usually struggle to to finish them. But I I really enjoyed the combat. The story was actually really interesting. I think where I kind of hit a wall was everyone reminding me that this is this is the first. 10% of Final Fantasy 7. I'm like, I don't understand that. Like, are they going to make a hundred of these? <laughs> How do you turn like the first 10% of a game into a, into a 40 hour experience? And, and they did it. And I, I really hope Square Enix is able to follow up with whatever they end up calling the next one, like Final Fantasy 7 remake two rebirth or whatever. But I'm, <laughs> they, the way it Rebirth, ends Rebirth, reimagining re re remake <laughs> yeah i don't know there and there's some stuff at the end and there's near the end that is very very clearly like a tease towards people who played the original but I, I never played the original but i am i still felt that nostalgia so again that game like it it did stuff like it, <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy what they were able to accomplish and succeed with so uh definitely final fantasy 7 remake has a as an honorable mention from my side. Yeah, and I think um, the the one that I want to uh, point out before we talk about some of those bigger experiences and kind of like fad-ish games that have come out this year, um, I want to talk about Bug Snacks because I feel like I turned you onto this game and you ended up having a really good time. And I feel like it's uh, it kind of flew under the radar. I didn't really see a whole lot of people like talking about it or or playing through the experience. But uh, I thought it was a great little game, especially when it didn't have a full AAA price tag uh, kind of tacked onto it. So, I mean, I thought it was mechanically fun. The all of the the characters were super cute and it was like a kind of Pokemon adjacent type of a game, but I really, really enjoyed it. I had a great time. I thought that the puzzles were just challenging enough. And uh, yeah, the, the, those little, those little bunger guys are just the best character of video games ever. <laughs> my, my kids will occasionally remember the game and just walk around the house. Bunger, bunger, bunger. And now every time we right? have burgers, they like are reminded. Do they call them bungers? Yes. Yes, they That's do. so good. I'm so glad that I was able to expose your household to the bug snacks. It honestly wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if they took a bite of their burger and just looked at their arm and be like, whoa, <laughs> what's this all about? I don't understand this. Um, no, I, I I spent a lot of time over the last month talking about bug snacks, and it really, it was another one of those games that uh, I enjoyed playing with the kids and they really loved and I, I think they didn't like the talking. There's a lot more talking in the game than, than I thought mm. there would be. So from that perspective of, of playing it as a, you know, it's not a kid's, it's it's not solely a kid's game, but it kind of fits within that like Pixar realm where there's enough there yeah. for kids and enough there for adults to really enjoy the experience. Um, and I think they nailed that balance. And there's, again, really rarely... Uh, developers outside of nintendo can actually achieve that and i feel like bug snacks it's it's honestly surprising that bug snacks uh, the developer is always um uh, i think it's like eight crazy horses or something or crazy horses 
they're more of a PlayStation shop. And it really feels like one of those instances where like PlayStation has latched onto this indie developer and said, like, we're going to, we're going to publish your games. We're going to, you know, help you out with development. And it really feels like they, they just missed the call from Nintendo or something. And Sony has them, um, <laughs> in, in, in a good way, in a good way. I'm not, yeah, you know, yeah. I just, I really enjoyed it. And I think if, I think if there's one game that you're looking to pick up, like a smaller game during all these sales, this is another one that you can easily pick up on the Epic Game Store or your PlayStation 4 or 5. And uh, yeah. Yeah, this doesn't have the the concerns of some of the other titles in terms of performance. I'm pretty sure you could play this on anything. So uh, yeah, it was. I, I thought it was a really, really great game, a really fun experience. Uh, is there anything else on your side that you wanted to talk about before uh, we have a chat about uh, Fall Guys and Phasmophobia? Uh, like a couple of like quick ones. I think XCOM Chimera Squad was a decent reminder that I freaking love XCOM games and I think it's it's a nice tie over to a proper XCOM 3 that I assume we'll get at some point in the near future uh and I really enjoyed that sort of side experience to play around with um the the battle tested mechanics of XCOM and not have to worry hardcore players uh when it comes to oh man they're changing my XCOM's like no this is a side experience you can you know, dabble here, and then I'm sure XCOM 3 will go back to what is expected. But I really enjoyed that sort of side experience for the XCOM franchise. I'm surprised Spider-Man Miles Morales did not make my top five. I think that it's a great game, don't get me wrong. It's not a Spider-Man 2, but I really, really enjoyed Spider-Man Miles Morales. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get it to crock crock crack my top five Uh, (laughs) yeah i was really surprised that spider-man was in your honorable mentions because i would have figured it was over amnesia or even ori uh because i know how much you enjoyed the game but um yeah i i think it's definitely worthy of of a of a mention because uh it was a long anticipated follow-up to to one of the best games on the playstation this generation i think a lot of people really love spider-man it was huge so uh, to see Miles Morales uh, be as successful, uh, I think it's definitely worth a me- uh, worth a mention, <laughs> just mm-hmm. as words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's one of those games that I I thoroughly enjoyed, and I, and I I I sat every night that I had free time, I would sit down to play it, stay up too late, enjoyed the story, enjoyed the mechanics, but it it is an expansion to that Spider Man that came out in 2018. And yeah, I, uh, so we're following Frostpunk rules here. Got uh, it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm I'm necessarily like pulling the, the DLC rule, but I think for me it was just it just wasn't enough to uh, you know top out or in the Will of the Wisps or Amnesia Rebirth because again those two like Will of the Wisps I knew was was going to be great, but Amnesia Rebirth just was so surprising. But uh, other than that, like my only other mention would be Ghost of Tsushima, a game that I am slowly sort of picking away at and um which i don't even think you've talked about on the actual show yet that you've been kind of picking away at this experience yeah we've had like game awards oh maybe you mentioned it during the game awards i think we talked a little bit about the game awards and i kind of blew your mind that i was that i was playing it i think i mentioned i think i can't remember a... if that was like before during or after the show because i can't remember. we usually spend a lot of time talking before and after so yeah. it's just one <laughs> but... of those games that is beautiful runs amazingly well on the ps4 pro and i'm, I'm 
I'm sure runs amazingly well on, on the base PS4 as well. And it's just, I didn't think that I could enjoy a samurai game. It's just samurai stuff. And a lot of people really like those old school samurai flicks. And it's just, it's never been, you know, uh, something that I've seeked out, but I, I wanted something sort of easy and light, but entertaining and engaging after the last of us part two and i think ghost of shishima really fit that bill and it's been something that i've been easily been able to jump back into and been playing more of the the co-op uh a multiplayer experience that's been was a free edition and it is so much more than i've seen added for free to a game i mean i know it's playstation plus so there's like some subscription stuff there (laughs) i struggle with that Uh, (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah so i i really want to mention ghost of shishima as well <laughs> having some problems <laughs> with the tes's <Yeah. laughs> uh it's understandable i still call it ghosts of sushi or ghosts of sashima or wait did i just do it right you did no sashima the t is like Sushi- i don't pronounce oh. the t <laughs> I don't know if it's right either. It just sounds right. The the thing, the raw fish thing. But anyways, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, not, not the easiest this late at night as well. (laughs) Uh, But the last two things that I wanted to mention were like, uh, as I alluded to earlier, the, the things alongside among us that kind of like took over, felt like everybody was playing for a couple of weeks, may or may not have fallen off. Um, but there's a lot that kind of fit into that uh, kind of under that umbrella. I would even put Animal Crossing New Horizons under that umbrella as well. But um, yeah, I think Fall Guys and Phasmophobia both deserve mentions this year because uh, Fall Guys came out. And I feel like this might have been more of a marketing thing. I feel, I get the feeling that Fall Guys put a lot of money into the Twitch streaming, whereas like Among Us, I really don't think they did. I think they were discovered by a big streamer kind of organically because Among Us only had like one developer. <laughs> so uh, and and not like uh, one developers in one company, but like one like one dude. Uh, very similar to Phasmophobia. One dude made that game. So yeah, buggy, sure, <laughs> like yeah. small, small experiences, but um, really addictive gameplay loops. I think all three uh, or well, all four, if we're going to lump Animal Crossing into this as well, um, all four of those games are these really, really addictive experiences that you can play with your friends. And I think that um, games that really highlighted playing with your friends this year uh, did really well. And I think we kind of moved maybe from one experience to another. We were joking earlier on that Among Us really killed Fall Guys. And I and I absolutely think that it did. I know a lot of people were playing Fall Guys with their friends. And then all of a sudden we we're like, oh, wait, <laughs> let's get a bigger group together and uh, kill each other. Why not? And then argue about who might have done it. <laughs> so uh, and then, of course, later on, Phasmophobia came around and uh, Super, super creepy experience and uh, also like made for VR, but playable on PC. And that really caught on for a while, too, as well. So I was really happy to see some of these uh, smaller experiences in Among Us and Phasmophobia uh, to actually kind of gain some some steam this year and uh, no pun intended and uh, and see a lot of play. So uh, I look forward to seeing what we're going to see in 2021 keeping my fingers crossed for that amazing collector's edition PS five. That's going to come with my new horizon game because I've already decided they're making it. Sony, you have to make it. You got to be able to find it. 
<laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, there, there's that too. There's that too. Uh, that is something I will, uh, you know, when they let me go outside again, I will definitely be lining up in front of a store <laughs> to purchase that one. But uh, we'll have to see what's actually going to make it out and what's coming in 2021. Uh, we will have an overview type episode for you guys when we get back. We are taking next week off, right, Ryan? We're off next yes. week? Okay, yes. yes. We're taking next week off. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there'll be no gamers in. This is it for us for 2020. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate all of your support, not just through Extra Life, but of the show this year. It's been really fantastic. Uh, and we do really appreciate it because obviously 2020 has been hard for so many people for so many reasons. So we appreciate you guys uh, hanging out in the Discord, having conversations with us, and obviously listening to the show. We hope that you guys have enjoyed it, uh, and we will see you in 2021. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Brian is at our Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next year. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.